just for the audience, Mark is a unit, as we would call it here in Australia. <laughs> but he is a beast of a man. Well, hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast where we talk about all things business, but one element of that is our own life, right? There's no point in building a massive corporation if your life and your fitness and your health is down the toilet. And so I've got a wonderful guest today who I've bounced around with over the last few weeks and, and had some dialogue, and, uh, and he carries a very unique gift for the body of Christ around the area of health fitness, wellness, I'll let him give it the labels. But ultimately, we'll be talking today with a man who's walked the walk, talked the talk, and uh, and is actually living out his assignment in this space. And it's incredibly powerful, and we're going to make it really practical so that you can adopt what you need to adopt. Hey, uh, welcome to the podcast, Mark. Why don't you tell us who is Dr. Mark Sherwood? Well, Wes, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. It was such a pleasure to meet you recently in the state of Hawaii at the Increase Conference. Um, myself, um, I am a, a husband who's married to my my queen, my best friend. I, I call her more than my spare rib. She's my prime rib. That would be Dr. Michelle Neal Sherwood. So she's also a doctor. Uh, we have the Functional Medical Institute with um, a mission that is from God to lead people on a pathway of true healing around the world. To that end, there are two mission statements within that purpose statement. We want to eliminate all unnecessary usage of medications, and we want to also eradicate all self-imposed choice-driven disease processes, and that's a, a big statement there. Um, prior to becoming a naturopathic doctor, uh, I was a uh, police officer for uh, a de decade, two decades and a half um, on the SWAT team, some of that. So some people think that's pretty interesting. Uh, believe it or not, I did play professional baseball in the country of Australia many, many years ago. I lived in Adelaide. So there you go, right? Um, it brings me fond memories. Um, we have uh, produced five full-length movies. We've written three number one best-selling books. We are busy entrepreneurs, but we are not getting away from that mission statement, leading people down a pathway of true healing, Wes. Well, that's that's incredible. And I read some of that rap sheet and I'm like, yeah, you, you are, you're not playing around at this. Like you are, <laughs> you are committed to, uh, to this cause. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and just for the audience, like, you know, uh, you may not have noticed, but um, like we were at the pool uh, in Hawaii and, and although we weren't kind of hanging out together, like just for the audience, Mark is a unit, as we would call it here <laughs> in Australia, but he is a beast of a man. And, uh, and so, you know, for me, that was a really important element of, of bringing you here because there are plenty of people that can talk about you know, nutrition and health and fitness, um, but but you have looked after yourself in an incredible way, um, and uh, and so credit to you, right? You've you've obviously that's why I said at the start you've walked it and talked it because because you're in incredibly great shape, and uh, and I you know I think it's important, right? To if you're going to be a talking head, to at least have some of those results behind you. So so well done to you. Yeah, I want to be a not just a talking head, but a demonstrative uh, body as well. You know, sometimes we have a bunch of talking heads out there that really don't don't mean anything. My wife and I take it very serious, though, in the sense that um, we don't want to be hypocrites. I mean, I look at my body, my life as being a demonstration 
walking, talking business card of a kingdom that's not of this world. And, and I really take it that serious. You know, this is, this is the temple. It's not my property. I better take care of it because it's the greatest gift that God could give us from an earthly standpoint, this gift of life we have. That's an incredible wisdom. Hey, I wanted to jump in here during the podcast and let you know about Greenhouse Media. It's one of the service offerings inside the Business Greenhouse suite of services. And it's essentially, we're a full service digital marketing agency. And there's a lot of agencies out there, but there's a couple of things that make us unique. The first thing is, is that I'm only interested in business results. I'm not out there trying to get people more comments, more likes, more shares. I just wanna drive people results that matter. Good quality phone calls, good quality lead forms, ultimately the lead generator that helps you scale your business. The second thing that makes us unique is we're a collaborative team under one roof. So whereas in years gone by, you might have one provider for your website, one provider for SEO, one provider for Google, and then if things don't work, they all point the finger, we are all accountable and collaborative to make sure that we together work on achieving the outcomes you want. So we've got hundreds of clients and thousands of campaigns running across Australia and beyond, uh, and Jamie heads up as head of strategy that side of the business. Jamie, why don't you tell us some of the results that we've had with our clients recently? Yeah, we've taken hundreds of businesses across different industries um, through our process. Um, some standouts for me over the last 12 months, we took a plumbing company um, from one location to four locations across three states, um, all through website built by our team, Google Ads and Facebook Ads. Um, we scaled an e-commerce business, we doubled their revenue in the last 12 months and they had their best year yet. Um, we took a mechanic in Sydney from you know, very few leads to over 350 phone calls um, per month um, over six months. Um, we also work with smaller budgets, so we took a, a small carpenter in Sydney um, with only $500 a month and got them a $20,000 job in their first month of ads. So um, a lot of good results, but they're the standouts for me in the last 12 months. Some great stories. You know, ultimately we're marketers, we're not people that just put ads together. There's plenty of those, but we think like marketers to drive actual results. If I've piqued your interest, then click on the link below, head over to our page, uh, and there you'll find a diary. You can book a time that suits you, and Jamie and I will jump on a call with you and ascertain what are the business results you need and can we get them for you. All right, let's get back to the podcast. I wanna go back to, um, so so where did, where did a lot of this assignment start? Like, you know, with your wife, Michelle, like what, what was the genesis of you deciding to take this seriously? And, and what happened inside of you that sparked this thing that's like, I'm going to go on a mission to, to, to bring this message? Well, it, I appreciate that question because there was a definitive time and place that something unique happened that I think our listeners, viewers would understand. But, but going back, probably the initiation of the thought process is, is I'd always had to work from behind. I didn't have the most talent in the world. So hard work became something that was a, a point of necessity, right? So trying to be in shape when you weren't the best athlete was was a benefit, right? But then I got to working on the police department and I, I saw people die. Um, and that was hard. I saw police officers die. I saw, you know, people that had committed crimes and were committing crimes dying. When you see things like that, it begins to change you. It, you look at life in a different way. You realize that people can make choices that are are both good and bad, but those consequences are pretty immediate at times. And then I was put in charge of a wellness program at our large department. 
sacrament. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just started studying and I began to understand that life, stress, um, no sleep was killing people. And I watched some of my brother and sister officers die and that got me going. And as God began to work on my heart in that, um, at the same time, I had heard from many ministers that I should keep this notepad by my bed so that God, when he speaks to you in the middle of the night, you're going to get up and write this down. Well, that didn't happen to me. And I was getting very frustrated with that about this time. And I just left the pen right there on the notepad in the same spot, letting it gather dust, if you will. And I was kind of being stubborn and obstinate. I'm going to keep that thing there and not dust it off until God speaks to me. Well, one night I had this dream. And it was a dream so vivid that, you know, it's one of the ones you you wake up in the morning, you're like, wow, that was kind of kind of neat. I remembered that. And in this case, I'd remembered writing in this notebook, leaning over the bathroom counter. And it was so vivid. I remember doing it. And I thought, that is weird. Why am I remembering that? And then the notepad was to my left. And I remember kind of glancing over at it and my heart began to pound at increasingly frequency and rate. And I looked over there because a notepad had writing on it and the pen had moved. And Wes, I realized at that moment in time, I was like, oh my gosh, that really happened. And then I was almost a little anxious and had some trepidation about even looking at it. And on that notepad, there were a lot of words written and it was my writing, my handwriting, of course, but I believe it was words of God. And one of the things he told me was that my people have lost their power. They've lost their power because they've lost their peace. And that word was spelled P-E-A-C-E. They have lost their peace because they've neglected the physical peace, P-I-E-C-E, of their life. And I call you to carry that message into the world. And he gave me several scriptures, including Matthew 22, 37 through 39, where I quote, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Right. So in that whole idea there, there is there's the physical, emotional, spiritual, and even the intellectual part of learning how to put attention to this. And I'll tell you, um, when that happened to me, I was like, I'm going to hide this thing and not do anything with it, because I know that if I go that direction into people's lives, you know, talking about what they eat, you know, their the culture, uh, this is going to be an unpopular place. And why it was so hard for me is because God had gifted me with this heavy gift of evangelism before, and I had traveled the world with the power team. I know the people in Australia remember that, the, the brick breakers and, and the handcuff breakers. I was part of that group for 12 years, and it had been all over, the, all over the, the, the planet, literally, including Australia. And so, you know, when you start talking about this change, I had been speaking in a lot of churches in the area of evangelism. I knew that if I went this direction— it would probably create a little bit of uh, consternation there, and it did. And so I sat on that call for probably two years, Wes, and um, one time I just got up and said, okay, Lord, I'm in. And that was been probably 12 years ago, and I haven't looked back since. Love it. See, when you have an encounter that's that, like, clear and yes. vivid, it's like, what do you— See, it would haunt you if you chose not to do this right now. Right. So, it did for two years. True. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I wouldn't mind exploring a couple of scriptures around why we should 
prioritize health and fitness in our body because we all know a couple right you know our body's a temple of the holy ghost we know that you know i i think one of the ones that's not really talking about health but i think it's a picture is many run the race but very few get the crown i think that speaks to having a body that lasts long enough to be able to to chase that down but for every scripture there would obviously be ones around hospitality right which are like put on big parties invite loads of people and eat lots of food right so 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 talk, I guess, at a spiritual level, what do you think scripture says to us about about managing this fitness and this food kind of area of our life? Well, certainly food's a part of life. You know, when God made the Garden of Eden, you know, he, he made that before he put mankind there. And so obviously when he put mankind there and he breathed life into Adam and later created Eve from Adam, from the dirt, you know, all that, he breathed also appetite for food. And this is good because God made food as a necessity for the body to function. You know, the earth was made to be inhabited and God was made to thrive on the earth. So that's God's intention. His intention hasn't changed at all. It's just that sin got in the way and kind of confused things, right? So what's happened over time is there's been a lot of mankind's involvement in the food. And I'll go back to Genesis chapter 3 where Satan and Adam and Eve had a conversation. Now, remember, God was about abundance. Eat all this stuff, but just don't eat from that one tree. Satan always gets us focused on what we shouldn't do on the small things and gets us focused away from the things we should do, the big things, right? And so Adam and Eve fell. And the temptation was, guess what? Food, the appetite. So the relationship with the, with mankind on the ground become became distorted and confused at that point. And that created the wedge there, that sin. That opened the door for a lot of things. I find it very interesting as well in Jesus' time when he was led off in the desert to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. You know, he fasted for 40 days, and the very first temptation was with food, turn the stone into bread. That's not just a coincidence, you see, because Satan is always trying to get us to turn to the false comforter of food. And Jesus was hungry after 40 days. And so I, I, I see clearly that that is a strategy of the enemy. So it's not food that causes the problem. It's not the gifts of hospitality that causes the problem. It's the fake food, the mankind genetically involving with God's creation and trying to do it better that's the problem. So we should be fellowshipping. Food's a, a, a process. Food is information, and that's good. But when food, guess what, becomes our God, as evidenced by Philippians 3, I believe, 18, 19, it becomes an issue because Paul asserts in that point the enemies of the cross as far as the characteristics. One is their God is their belly. And it's really an insatiable desire for those things that cannot create satisfaction. You and I have seen it many times, and whether we're in Australia, Africa, or North America, there's something called comfort food. And we all know what that is. It is food that is not really food. It was never made in that form for our body. And it does something with our dopamine levels. It does something with our opioid levels. And it creates an addiction. And that addiction is for the things of the earth above the things that are God. So we have to begin to understand who our comforter is who our God is, what the intent of our life is. And frankly, we're suffering as as a world right now with sickness at all time levels because we've not paid attention to what I just said. So that was a lot, big answer to the short question, but it gives people a background of, of what the word of God tells us. And if I might, I'll give one more scripture I think is really important. 
Jesus goes into the temple in his last week of life, and he sees something in the foyer there. It's Matthew 21. He sees something in the outer court of the temple, and he sees them buying and selling. And he's like, what is going on? And he drove them out. I know we remember that. And after he drove them out, Wes, what happens next? People were healed in the temple. The temple now is our physical body. We are not supposed to allow things in that destroy the healing presence of God. It's the same way. If we have the mind of Christ, we won't allow things in this border called our mouth to come in it, to enter our body, and destroy the context of who God is. In his presence within us, there's healing. So all that said, when we allow things in by our own choice that destroy God's ability to heal by our own choice, we are impairing God's action by our choices, and then we ask him to fix it. That's like schizophrenic behavior, and we've got to get out of that mess and begin to take ownership of these things. That's incredible. Yeah, and I think ownership is is such an important element. It's missing in society today, is that level of ownership, you know. Because I think, I think if you were to grab, you know, average Joe, and you were to sit in front of them, you know, a McDonald's burger, and, and then a clean burger, whatever it is, you know, we, we have a brand called Grilled and they kind of do some pretty clean stuff. I think In-N-Out Burger might be a, an American version that's pretty clean, right? Um, I think if you were to sit that nine and a half out of ten people are going to say, yeah, the In-N-Out Burger is better or the like the clean burger is a better choice yep. and I'll have that, right? So give them two in front of them. Now, there's another element, though, that trips people up, right? And that's the busyness of life. I think yep. that's where it becomes a challenge because it's like... Well, I know that I should be eating the clean burger, but I've got six minutes before my next meeting and there's some golden arches on the highway and I know I can get a feed in in time, right? Now, you know, the, the, the short-term ramifications of making that decision are pretty low, right? Like, sure, my blood sugar level is going to go to high and then crash. Like, it, it, but, but it's just one day, right? And then, and then it's day two and day three and day four and then, and then, it's, and then it's sickness. <clears throat> so, you know, I just know as an element, most people are aware now that they should eat clean and want, and they actually want to eat clean, but, you know, their busyness doesn't allow them. I mean, I'm a guy that, li I live on the rev limiter, right? Like I run, I run all the time, flat out, like not just work, but like, you know, like family time and I'm, I'm trying to maximize every minute of every day. And so there's a trade-off, right? There are I know what I would really ideally like to do, but sometimes it just doesn't work. And the, the what would you say to the psychology behind that to, to get somebody to, you know, value it? I, I believe that we always give time to what we value, right? You, you know, and, yes. and 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 so we, we, we value God. So we, 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 we give him a day or, or each morning or 10 minutes of scripture or whatever. Like we value it, so we give it some time. We value our kids, we give it some time. We value our jobs, we give it some time. And then if we're not valuing our health, if we're not giving time to our health, it's because we don't value it. We may say we want to, but that's not valuing it, right? And so one of the things that, it doesn't matter what you want to change in your life, if you want to make a change, you've got to get it from the bottom of your values chain towards the top, and then you'll give it the time. Mm -hmm. And 1% and, and of your day is 15 minutes, right? Which is long enough to get some sort of exercise in, right? If you, if you, if you add intensity, you know, and I was joking with you before this. I'm like, if people spend more than 15 minutes beating themselves up that they didn't exercise today, if they just spent the 15 minutes exercising instead of beating themselves up, they'd have a much better life, right? It's like, 
Like, I guess I want to know from you some of the psychology. How do we get somebody that knows that they should do more exercising and fitness, but get them to value it a whole lot more than they do right now? Well, let's, let's use the entrepreneur, for example. An entrepreneur understands that if you do the basic things right over the course of time, that accumulates great wealth over the course of time. So it's doing the small things piece by piece that you know work over time. You and I both know there is such a thing as business principles that work. You do that and it creates huge return on your investments, huge dividends, huge growth, huge um, equity growth, right? So the human body and our life is no different. But we take for granted the time in which we have. We have 1,440 minutes per day. That's it. That is the time that's the greatest currency we have, and that's the greatest gift. When we know what we should do and we don't, that is the greatest form of, of uh, deprivation we can give ourselves as far as care. From the each individual standpoint, if we're married, that's the most selfish thing we can do in regard to loving our spouse. Now, that's a little bit of a, a, a unique twist to it, but what we need to do is begin to take these little moments at a time and live today as if it's our last and live today as if we're going to live forever. Now, that is the duality of it all, right? But that's important to understand because what's happening Whereas we are given this gift of life, there is something called a biological aging speed and process and duration. That is different than the chronology with which we operate our lives on. So we need to begin to understand to not shorten our life with the gift God's given us and be intentional every day with every single act at a time. And also know that we have within us, if we have God's presence through the Holy Spirit within us, Self-control is not something we have to generate. It's something that is. We don't have to ask for it. If we ask for it, that is showing God that we don't trust him, that he has it. Because self-control is a fruit or a characteristic of God's presence in our life. It's part of the Holy Spirit. It's who he is. He is self-control. So we have that. And so it's, it's rewiring our brain around the idea that it's not hard. It's easy. It's rewiring ourselves around the idea that it is something that should be top of the list priority because we love another. Because if you get the relationship with God right, and then it has to be with your spouse right, and then you have to, within your spouse, you have to love yourself enough to love them enough to take care of yourself because you're one. So it's that, it's that sort of three-stranded cord that we should be honoring every day and everything else should come from that and it will be blessed because of that but it it requires that intentionality every single day to realize it's that important that important it's foundational things so i wouldn't mind going a bit deeper on how do we rewire ourselves because because i believe that humans change in one of two they either change from inspiration or desperation right yeah and most people wait for desperation, right? You know, like, 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 um, like I had a friend once that was like lots of bad decisions, alcohol, cigarettes, bad food. Anyway, he goes to the doctor and the doctor says to this guy, it was like a big smoker. The doctor says, if you don't stop right now, you will not see your daughter walk down the aisle with, with her new man. So he changes like that. That's it. No more cigarettes, no more alcohol, no more fast food and cleans his act up because he had a big enough reason to put it at the top of the food chain of what he valued, right? Mm -hmm. Why do we wait for those minutes instead of going, 
Well, I could just make the decision by inspiration. I could take a podcast like this, hear Dr. Mark, and just decide tomorrow I'm going to be better. So, same decision-making process, right? But it's left to us to do instead of somebody telling us. So what are some things that we could do listening to this just to start to reprogram ourselves to get and value a little bit more that, that fitness side of our life? Well, from a, um, a chemistry standpoint, just understand that as we age and as we produce the same habits and habitual characteristics and patterns in our lives, our neurons begin to fire the same direction. And what is tightly wired together will tightly fire together. So it becomes very supercharged. You can almost do things automatically. Uh, the old saying that we have in America is it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. I mean, we all know that saying, right? Whether it's um, an old person or an old dog, we get wired in the same patterns and it's hard to change, but it can change because the brain is very plastic. Remember back when we were a child, we could learn anything. That's how we learn language. You didn't go to school to learn English. No, you learned English because you were immersed in your brain was like plastic and able to learn all these skills and things. But as we age, that narrows down. But Wes, that is not a necessity. We can continue to learn. The, the thing is, though, that we have to fight against that pattern that has driven us in a direction. Now, from a biblical perspective, as we relate it to that, we have to remember that our mind has to be renewed, what? Every day. Every day. The mind is outside of the brain. The mind is like a funnel. It's a funnel to the outside world, which drives chemistry into our brain. The brain chemistry is what I talked about. So as we renew our mind, we can change our chemistry. If our mind is not actively being renewed with thoughts, ideas, uh, things, patterns, processes we want to achieve each day, our mind will be filled up by the world. It'll be filled up by the old patterns and we'll do the same old thing. We don't have to reach the point of desperation to bring about change. And I pray to God that people listening right now will be receiving the revelation of that. Because if you wait that long, the consequences therein can conceivably take root so much that it shortens the scope and the span of your ability to spend time on planet Earth, whether you turn around or not. So it really results in a healing of the mind. It's a healing of the mind of the human being. And we all talk about healing sometimes. We all have these healing lines, prayer lines, and all this stuff. But nobody talks about the healing of the mind the healing and renewal of the mind. So I think it's both of those things. It's a physical awareness of our habits that are, and it's the um, humility to understand that I need my mind healed every day. And, and this is what I do every day. This will help people right now. Every day I wake up, and, and I challenge our listeners right now to do this, I create a statement of affirmation that makes sense to me. And it's this. Thank you, Father, that you made me to a great man husband, father, son, friend. You made me a great healer, influence, and leader. Therefore, I am focused, diligent, disciplined, and exemplary. I'm at peace, full of joy, exuding a living in supreme health, abounding in wisdom, and overflowing in love. I hear your voice and follow your directions with a servant and warrior heart and mind. When I speak those words out of my mouth, it does change, yes, the outer environment, but most importantly, it renews my mind and changes my inner environment. So it is both of those things. And that's a small little practical thing people can say. If, they, if they're if they having trouble changing their diet, you just make the statement every day, 
I'm grateful that I have no problem changing my diet, that it's easy for me, and I pick the right things on all occasions. I mean, that was inspiring just hearing yours. And, I, and, and, and that's not even me saying it to myself. So, you know, when somebody can come up with their own uh, and own that, it would, it's an incredible way to start the day. <laughs> um, so I appreciate that wisdom. All right, I want to uh, I want to debunk a few myths around the fitness side, you know, because I mean, I've had an incredible year this year, business-wise, investing. It had an incredible year, right, financially and with our team. However, I have not done one cold plunge. Uh, I didn't join the five a.m. club. Uh, I haven't been in a red light sauna and I haven't done an IV drip. So I'm not quite sure how I've been able to have a great year because I thought they were the things you had to do if you want to win in 2023. So they might all be good things, by the way. But, you know, I mean, if we take our leading from what's available on Instagram now, we're going to be like a dog chasing our tail forever and a day, right? Yeah. You know, like I hear about Mark Wahlberg gets up at, you know, 2.30 in the morning and does two workouts before breakfast. The Rock does the same, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's awesome. But like, you know, like, I mean, I'm a fairly early riser. I love to get out and get amongst it and get at it but it's not 2.30 in the morning, right? So, so give us some, I guess, you know, what are some things that we could be or should be doing? Um, how do we get 80% of the benefit through 20% intensity is, is, is how I'm always trying to hack things. Like what's the 20% that really moves the needle that we should put in our day? Well, you don't need to exercise two hours to get the benefit of the exercise. Think of exercise like this, it's movement. The more you move, the more you live. The less you move, the closer you are to rigor mortis. I mean, it's like always finding time to move. Even an entrepreneur has no problem coming up with times to move. I've told people you can actually take a meeting standing up. You can actually send a text message standing up. You can send an email standing up. You can talk on the phone standing up. For every 20 minutes you, you sit down, stand up for two, just put a little sticky note on your desk. And by the end of the day, if you've been sitting and you know, standing like that, you've done probably 15 squats. It's okay, right? When you get up in the morning, um, set some time to walk or set some time just to be active. You could do a few push-ups or a few uh, wall squats or body weight squats. It doesn't take long. I've told people that if you can spend 20 or 30 minutes on a day to dedicate movement and create some level of resistance, whether it's just dumbbells or bands or something like that, you can actually get great benefit out of that mm -hmm. because not only does it maintain muscle um, on the frame, but it can also help with increasing metabolism. And then you do the same thing with your diet. You don't go all extreme and don't do a diet. Don't do that. Just eat food in its original packaging. And if you find food in its original packaging, it's probably a packaging that God made. But I looked in the Garden of Eden and I asked God about that and there was no donut trees. So just know that that's not a natural food. So I'm using this as just practical examples. It's not that hard. If if you get into lifting weights, you know, I do, but you don't have to. But if you get into that, that's fine. You can. If you want to do an IV drip, that's fine. You can. If you want to do infrared sauna, cold plunge, fine. That's cool. Find something you like to do that includes some sort of a movement as long as it's a health benefit and do it more and make sure you enjoy it. And then 
utilize the time that you're exercising or moving as a time of worship. I've been doing this a long time. I think I've been exercising for, I don't know, maybe 45 years. It's a long time and probably hadn't missed a handful of days there just because I've turned it into a place of worship. I put headphones in my ears and I have got either a sermon or a message on or some kind of praise and worship. And I'm thanking God that I can move. That's it. So that's simple, practical advice that pretty much everybody can do. <clears throat> that's awesome. And, and, and I guess, you know, people are at different starting points, right? So, you know, walking a little bit could be for somebody like, like climbing Everest, right? You know, like, so it's like, awesome. That's, that's like, like go get started. Um, and, 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 and we'll champion you on if that's where you're at. Do, yeah. do you think we should push for strength training? Like, like, because I, I know for me, like, I never used to value um, being fit. When I was younger, I'm 44 now, right? So it starts to work against you a little bit at 44. But when I was younger, in my 30s, I just didn't care. And it didn't really seem to matter. But it, like, it kind of went downhill pretty fast. And, and so I decided, you know, around Christmas time last year, just recently, to like, to make a whole bunch of changes. And I had done the whole running thing. And I found that running, actually, the endorphins were excellent. But in terms of changing shape, I didn't like what I saw. I ended up just becoming smaller version of myself, right? And it actually wasn't until I went and did resistance training. And, mm -hmm. and I actually, because I don't have time to drive to a gym and to come home. So I just bought it. I bought a squat rack, some dumbbells, some barbells, and a kettlebell at home. And it just sits in my garage. And so because of that, it can be 12 minutes. Like, I can burn out two body parts in 12 minutes, right? Because I'm not that strong, right? So, so it's like, to me, because I like intensity, right? So I'm like, I'm like I, I, want, I want that. Like, I want that just, just even, I might just do one muscle, like, a, like, a, like triceps, sit on a bench, yes. grab a bar behind my head, and, and literally, I mean, I couldn't do five straight minutes of that before I'm like wanting to puke in a bucket, right? So, but I can feel that for four days afterwards. It's it, like the, the, the effect is incredible, right? Um, and so I guess, you know, should we push? Because for me, I didn't really see any benefit until I added strength training into my regime. And that doesn't have to be a squat rack. It could be dips on the back of a chair, right? Or, or whatever, right? But do you, do you think we should really just call it for what it is and say, you should find your own way of doing strength training? Well, you look at the, the simple uh, history of our genetics. You know, they've changed 2% in 10,000 years. A lot of people go, wow. So you have the same genes that Noah had when he stepped off the boat for the most part. Uh, gyms weren't around back then, you know, obviously. And gyms haven't been around for the last, you know, only that last maybe century and a little more perhaps. Uh, so we should be doing some resistance training. What you're talking about doing is mimicking the old activations of the hunter-gatherer. You know, we get up in the morning, we might have to go run and catch some food. We might have to go pick up stuff, pick up rocks, move things. We might rest a while. We might walk a little bit. We might run a little bit. And that's why both are necessary to maintain lean body mass, right? And maintain less excess fat on the frame. Too many people make too much mistakes with running. I watch running cause as, a, as an incessant only activity. It causes loss of muscle mass. Because from a genetic standpoint, being hunter-gatherers, we're not designed to be running all day because the stress or cortisol response, and this is a freaky thing to think about, 
it really is synonymous with us being chased by a lion all day long. And that is not a beneficial thing. That can cause decline in hormone production because you're not going to stop on the side of the trail and have sex while a lion's chasing you. That would be foolish. So it's common sense. And so you've got to pick up heavy things. You've got to move things. You've got to rest. You've got to stress the heart. You've got to stress the cardio. And I tell people this simple formula. If one can do 150 minutes per week, cumulative, of cardio-oriented activity, that's great. And if you can do three days a week of dedicated resistance training or more, that's great. Those would be bare minimums. And really, you're right about this, Wes. When people get to about 40, I'm talking ladies and men, things change. And we have this revelation. It's like things aren't as easy as they used to be, and things aren't like they are right now like they used to be. So what's changing? Well, hormones change as well during that time. So all this happening, you know, when we get to 40, we're like, man, I wish I had took better care of myself, you know? And so I encourage people to make the decision now that I need to take better care of myself and employ these simple strategies that you just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, for me, the, the, reason, the reason why I'm talking to you is because it's become important for me right? And I'm like, if it's important for me, then everyone's going to hear about it, right? That's basically, yeah. that's basically where I'm at with it all. Um, so, so basically, you know, like I, I talk about that intensity. And the other thing that I do, because I get up, so my alarm's like a 5.45 and I live at the beach and there's this beautiful track between the houses and the sand. And, and I'll go out there um, most mornings. Uh, it's a bit colder at the minute. It, it, it's not Oklahoma cold, but it's, it's Australian beach cold. Um, and, uh, and, and I'll go and, and I'll do maybe, depending on the day and where my first meeting is, I'll do 20 minutes uh, or I'll do 30 or I'll do 40 minutes, right? And, I, and that's a pretty brisk walk and, and, um, and it's fasted. Like I, I would not eat, even if I was hungry, I would not eat before I went because I think that's an important part of, for, for me, it's not only denying the flesh, which is important for me because I'm a foodie, but I just think, you know, the benefits of that. And then I, there's a reward because there's two coffee shops um, that I could go to. I only go to one, but there's two. And I always go for black coffee, right? Because yeah. because um, I used to drink coffee, co like like milky coffees. And and then one day I was like, hang on a minute. The, the purpose of milk is to make a calf really big into a big fat cow. That cannot be good for me. So I cut that out and I felt better ever since. So... Um, and, and so, but you know, that morning walk is less, less, um, body health and more mind health for me, mm -hmm. right? Because I've live on the rev limiter and I've got 700 projects at any one time. It's a minute to decompress. It really is. Yeah. And, and, and I've found out since that if you get early morning sunlight, which I get cause the sun comes off the ocean, like, um, there's, there's benefits to that and things like that. But for me, it's about, okay, fresh air, no one around me, right? Um, you know, and, and, and really, really just a moment to push the world away and just go, okay, you know, I don't get to control much of my day because of the demands, but this bit, this bit's mine, right? You're not having it. And so the, the, the intense strength training and that faster walking, I think, I, I think here's my summary. Drink, drink twice as much water, have twice as much protein, do a little bit of strength training and go for a walk. If, if, if that was it for somebody, their, their life would be dramatically different. Would you add to that? I, I think that's, that's basics what everybody needs to do. I'd say uh, 
sleep is good. You don't want to waste uh, time believing that sleep is a waste of time. Entrepreneurs fall into that trap. But you bring up a very key point first thing in the morning. The best way to prepare for your day is to prepare for your day. You get the mindset right. You get the heart set right. You push everything away. I do the same thing in the morning, man. I will get on my knees and I pray and then I go exercise and I'm getting my head right and my heart right in sync for the day because I know the demands of the day are going to be pulling from so many different angles. And if I don't have my head and heart right, then I'm not able to focus on the situations with an intentionality that I need to. And I can't give people the the love they need to get. Because when I'm talking to Wes Holm right now, I want you to know that you're the most important person in my world right now. And I want that to be clear. And people need that to build trust in the relationship, whether you're an entrepreneur or whatever, in any relationship. So I commend you with that. And I think that, you know, when you talk about just eating food, eating real food and add to that and real, real sleep, you got the ingredients right there for making your life a whole lot better. And when you master structure that concerns you and your relationship with this physical body, folks, hear me with this. When you master that structure, everything else becomes much, much easier. And that's just a principle you can count on. When you master this thing, you'll, you'll see yourself making better decisions in pretty much all parts of your life. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, I noticed it. I, I want to spend a minute looking at, um, and, and, and we could probably chase this topic forever, so we'll try and keep it high level and maybe do this again another day. Dopamine, cortisol, and testosterone, right? Like, I saw, when I decided to take this seriously, I saw the fruit, like, like I'm talking about physical changes, from having increased testosterone, right? I'm talking about physical changes, right? In 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 a lot of areas of life. It was it was like far out. That's an incredible difference, right? Talk to us about the benefits of dopamine, the 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 like what does cortisol do? How do they work together? What does testosterone? Give us just a high level taster of some of the science behind why we should. All right. First of all, cortisol and testosterone are hormones. Dopamine is called a neurotransmitter. Hormones, cortisol and testosterone, are made from cholesterol. So interestingly enough, we can't fear cholesterol. When a person is living chronically stressed or the anxiety is up, cortisol is at an all-time high. I call that living in a hypercortisolism state. Over the course of time, all your cholesterol that's manufactured will go towards creating more cortisol. When the body goes that direction in a hyperstate, it will shift the cholesterol away from creating testosterone to creating cortisol. When you go out and you get some physical activity, like a walk, like weight training, it will drive dopamine, boom, the neurotransmitter, creating a sense of reward, of value. It will push the attention away from the stress of cortisol, and you'll get that shift from the cholesterol-making cortisol to the cholesterol-making testosterone. So now we can see a clear relationship between activity, achievement, reward, living less stressed, driving more testosterone production, which creates more ability to hold muscle tissue, to grow muscle tissue, more calming and speed of the brain, more vitality of the brain, more heart disease and brain disease protection, 
and of course, less body fat. So all those things relate at the same time. So we have to think about when we do something, it can affect everything. And when we do nothing, it can affect everything. And I've been asked before, well, what causes that? Everything. There's yeah. the answer. Yeah, and, and I think that because that when I when I started to get a bit of a taste of that level, and and that's a that, that would be the, the end of my knowledge base, but and it would it, you'd know a whole lot more. So like that became a lot of the reason why it made sense. Like instead of just the choice, the behavior change of don't eat that and do and do do that. As soon as I started to realize that actually there is a metaphysical, if that's the right word, response to this, and I got to see it, I'm like, it, it's it's a no-brainer for me, right? Like, like like the way you know we, we should do that, and and um, yeah, and, and even even just when I think about dopamine and and the dopamine reaction that we have to goals and targets and chasing. You know, um, I I think it's incredible. I think it's incredible. And so may, we, we may revisit this in more detail, hey? Oh, yeah. Everybody understands the, the, the feeling of uh, jubilation that you get when you have a high achievement. You do something right. You go out and exercise. You do a good business deal. You do a good job. And things work. That is something that just, it makes the soul happy. Mm. And that can be addicting. Now, yes. Cautious with addictions. Because some people can be addicted to the deal more than they're addicted to their family, for example. So yeah. whole other topic for another day. But but know the relationship of these things. Even with food, food is to me is information. It's nutrients that drive the systems of the body. That's what it is. If I don't get the systems, the things they need, the systems will suffer. Where does alcohol play in all of this for you? Alcohol, you know, you look at that from biblical context. Um, it, it's hard to say that alcohol is quote unquote bad. Right. But here's the thing. Anything that becomes neurotoxic can become a negative. And if alcohol has you, it's obviously going to be a negative. Alcohol as well can create a scenario in the gut called leaky gut or a hyperpermeability of the intestines, which allows things to leak out and create all kinds of immune dysregulation. However, there is some studies and science out there, Wes, that would indicate that organic wine can elevate the HDL, which is considered to be a protective cholesterol in some, and create a protection against heart disease, i.e. the Mediterranean uh, lifestyle that does have some health to it. So I suppose it's a little bit of good and bad and, and yes and no and both there. Um, I think it boils down to individual person. We do a genetic testing uh, platform that gives us the ability to tell someone whether alcohol is a no-go or not. And Further, if someone is um, eating poorly, driving blood sugar, alcohol would do the same thing to sugar alcohol, which would make it an, a negative. And what about the response to testosterone? Because alcohol can, will trash testosterone. Is that kind of how that works? It can. Alcohol just in itself can create a stress or in the body. Back to our conversation, stressors equate to more cortisol. Now, this is kind of how it works. People can get this. So, so alcohol has sugar alcohols that drive blood sugar up, and then the pancreas secretes insulin. Insulin drives blood sugar down. So when the blood sugar is up, we get the uh, neurotoxic effects, the feel-good effects, relaxation, whatever it is. The minute that blood sugar pump plumbles down to the bottom, we get a hypoglycemic moment where we want to have munchies you know, to lift us up again. 
it's a stressful moment. And all of a sudden we get more cortisol created. So over the course of time, too much alcohol can definitely have an effect in a negative way to these sex steroid hormones, including testosterone. Yep, definitely noticeable. So, um, so there would be a, a, a limit, right? And, and it would be different on everybody's makeup. But um, daily drinking, I'm sure we would agree, is probably too much. Um, it, it, week, weekly? Yeah, I think most people, um, in a general sense, could yeah. probably have a, a glass of wine or two, you know, once or twice a week, which wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, yeah. But I will say this, this is important, um, you know, just because, you know, I, I could do that, you could do that, doesn't mean there people can. So we always got to be yeah. uh, really aware of where we are, who we're around, because you never know what another person is struggling with. You know, like yeah. in, in my world, I'm always paying attention to where I am, who I'm around, what I'm doing. Uh, because of my wife, you know, our calling in life, other people don't have that. But as a general rule, we should be cautious about things that could indeed cause another person to uh, to, to slip up. I think that's very wise. Uh, very, very wise. Um, yeah. Okay. That's, that's awesome. And so how, like, how does somebody find that out? Can you can get your bloods done, right? So like, like, yeah. um, I mean, obviously Aussies are not shipping their blood over to Oklahoma. So how do, how do I find out what is a manageable amount for me and my blood type and my body? Is that, is that a thing? Yeah, actually with genetics, which is interesting, you know, we, we do have some clients we've dealt with in New Zealand and Australia because our genetics panel is done with a blood spot, which is very stable over time. So we, we generally will ship somebody a kit. They will um, poke their finger, drop four spots of blood, put it in a bag, mail it to our lab, which happens to be in Denmark, and uh, it gets analyzed. So it's not that hard to do. It's a pretty basic panel. Well, I should say it's basic. It's pretty involved, but it's basic for us. But that gives us insight to, um, you know, does a person metabolize alcohol quickly? In other Ooh. words, do they do they break it down quick or they break it down slow? That would be the difference between somebody having a glass of wine and getting kind of, um, you know, um, drunk a little bit versus having a glass of wine and doing nothing. Yeah, that's awesome. Because for me, that's like the next frontier, right? I want to get past knowledge around like I know I should and I shouldn't to now be like right me like 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 I didn't get a say in my DNA right like you know um but but I want to know what it is because I want to know what those parameters are so that so that when I grow up I want to look like you um but uh but <laughs> um uh, I really want to cover one more topic with you around peptides um because I heard you talk about peptides and my, my mind went to a scandal we had in Australia with one of our footy teams were all caught cheating with peptides. So I think everybody here would think that it's, it, it's a steroid, right? You know, like talk to me about peptides and the role that they play in our life today. Well, peptides are created inside the human body. So just know that, that there's different types of peptides. Some would perhaps, uh, and they are. Some are banned because they can be categorized as performance enhancing, right? But peptides as general rule are not anabolic steroids. They're not hormones. They are short chains of less than 50 chain strings of amino acids. And amino acids we know are natural to the human body. Some are essential, some are not. So that is a peptide by nature. Um, insulin, the hormone we think is a hormone, it's actually a peptide. 
So there's a lot of peptides in the body that we sort of misidentify as hormones. Um, there are peptides that can create muscle. There are peptides that can cause fat to be lost. There are peptides that can help with hair growth. There are peptides that can help with um, collagen or smoothing of the skin or, or smoothing of the fine lines, perhaps like creams. There are peptides that can reset the immune system, that can restart the mitochondria, that can repair DNA. Um, all of those different peptides perhaps have some benefit in different applications. From a sports standpoint, um, there are some that are definitely um, not okay in professional sports, even in North America. There are some that are not okay with the World Anti-Doping um, Association, the WADA. And so the majority of the ones that we use um, are fine for all of those, but they do provide incredible benefit to our life and they don't cause any negatives um, at all really in the human body. Yeah, incredible. So, all right, so I mean, I want people to connect with you in, in some way, right? I, I, feel like, yeah. I feel like you're bringing something to the body of Christ that, um, that is really important and really special. So um, where can we find out more about, you know, the, the facility you've got, um, and the products that you have, um, we'll, we'll hook up a, a URL for you. But like if somebody was sitting there going, I like this guy, I want to find out more, I want to, I want to do a deep dive into my own makeup, what can somebody do? Well, they can reach out to us at Sherwood.tv. That's our kind of global outreach website. And through that, you know, there's books there, there's things that they can do. And they can even, believe it or not, um, get on a free webinar that we do once every two weeks. And they can ask us questions. And those are actually at the evening time where we are. It's about this time. And we can actually do one. And it's actually in the morning in Australia, New Zealand, et cetera, right? And so they can do that. And then they can schedule a consult. That's pretty good, too. They can also, through that website, they can let us know what, if any of our services they want. Um, it's not that hard. People can do genetics. That's not a big deal. We've we've had um, several clients from you know, your part of the world reach out to us. And it's, it's fascinating. It's just a little, little tricky with time zones, but we always make it work, but we're just here to bless people. Wes, we're here to give people encouragement. And truly I want to give people hope. You know, I wear these little wristbands sometimes that say hope dealer. Uh, people need hope with their health, man. They need hope with God. They need hope in their business and you can't grow a business. You can't serve God when you're dead. Just, just a revelation for people to think about. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, yeah, so people just get involved. Go and check out um, Sherwood.tv. Uh, he's also got products um, that you can buy and he'll ship them out, right? So um, yeah. go, go and check out those things. Um, Mark, final words from you. Uh, there would be, like you're a hope dealer, right? So this won't be too hard for you, but there'll be somebody listening to this podcast right now and, you know, they're running on a treadmill, hopefully. They're, they're, they're mowing the lawn, they're driving a car, they're going for a walk. And they would be sitting here going, I, I want to take those next steps, but for some reason I feel trapped. What would you say to those people? Well, a lot of people are in prison these days, Wes. Sometimes it's our own prison. And I would say to uh, those people, sir, ma'am, realize that many times the prisons we live in are self-imposed. Uh, our beliefs, our affirmations are not, things we say, things we do, uh, not dealing with our own self, living in perhaps unforgiveness, fear, anger, resentment, 
uh, disappointment, shame, all those things, those frauds, you know, F-R-A-U-D-S that take away our life and take away our identity. Time to get out of prison. It's time to grab the keys that we just talked about. The door is open. Walk out. It is better out of your prison. You're not trapped. Get out there and create your new reality. Start today. Don't live in the history of yesterday or don't get hung up in the mystery tomorrow. Embrace today with the gift it is. That's why it doesn't matter in what part of the world you're in, it is called the presence. So make your best better every day. Don't, don't look back. If you fall down, get back up again and keep pushing forward. Well, Dr. Mark, you are incredible. That's been a real blessing uh, for us. So listeners, right, we covered a fair bit of ground, but I want you to think about, you know, what's the top one thing that Mark said, right? There's got to be some actionable step as a result of this podcast. So, uh, so I want you to think about, okay, what's the top one thing? What's the one key that Mark said that's going to make a real difference to your life? And do me a favor, put that thing in the comments so that I can see and Mark can see what was it that popped for you. Mark, you are a real blessing to us. You're a blessing to the kingdom of God along with your wife, Michelle. Pray great things over you and let's do this again and go a bit deeper. I appreciate you, man. Reach out anytime. I enjoy getting to know you. This has been a, a great time and would love to do it again anytime. Well, that's the end of the podcast, guys. We will see you next week.